This episode of Priority One Podcast is sponsored in part by Geek Nation Tours for helping us provide live coverage of the 2015 Star Trek Las Vegas convention. This episode is also brought to you by Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Greetings, Admirals. You're listening to episode 238 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded live on Thursday, September 3rd, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, September 7th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Mark. I'm Jace. And I'm Kenna. And in the recording studio is our audio engineer, Winters. Hello! We have some sad news this week, Admirals. Unfortunately, Jace will be leaving us after next week's episode number 239. We want to wish him the best of luck as he goes off to grad school, and I know we'll all miss him. Maybe we'll get to have him on as a guest at some point in the future. So, Jace, why don't you do the honors this week and tell us what's coming up in this episode? Thanks, Kenna. This week, Elijah brings us another great interview recorded in Las Vegas, this one with Chase Masterson, Lita from Deep Space Nine. In Star Trek Online news, we're previewing the upcoming PVEQ Counterpoint and talking about power creep. And as always, before we wrap things up, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Speaking of hailing frequencies, it's great to receive all your messages. So chat with us during our live stream on Thursday nights at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live or answer our community questions by commenting on our website on Facebook.com forward slash Priority One or via Twitter at STO Priority One. Do you know that this podcast isn't all we've been up to? Be sure to keep your eye on PriorityOnePodcast.com for the latest interesting news and reviews and Star Trek Online videos made specially by our team. Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters, old and new, that make this show possible from week to week. Because of their support, the servers stay on, the power keeps flowing, and the team keeps producing. Help us improve the show by considering a financial contribution via our Patreon page. One last thing, listeners, our writing team is looking for new contributors to the blog. If you're interested, shoot us an email at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com or click on Red Shirt Uncle Sam on our website for more information. And just before we move on, we were saddened this week to have lost another member of the STO family. John Powell, a.k.a. Tindy at Dream Spider, passed away on the 30th of August. If you would like to consider making a contribution to his family, we'll leave a link to their crowdfunding page in the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO238. And now, over to Elijah with Chase Matthews. I don't know. Then let's crack it out. Oh, 
I have the pleasure and honor to be sitting next to the beautiful and talented Chase Masterson. Thank, Thank you so you. much for your time. Thank I very much you. appreciate you being able to sit with us here on Priority One Podcast. Thank, <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, and discuss your projects. First Thank and you. foremost, our, many of our listeners, and of course know you from Deep Space Nine, and since we cater to Star Trek Online news coverage, they of course know you as Havalita. And now we've been teased that we're going to get Mirrorlita. Mirrorlita! Have you had the chance to even see a script in any way? And now I know you not can't yet. Tease, no, but I haven't. Know. I haven't. I don't know if it's been written or not. I know they have a lot of great ideas, and we were shooting some ideas around at the table uh, at dinner. Basically, um, I know that obviously Mirror Lita is a badass, <laughs> and I think that one really fun thing about that is is that Lita is so inordinately gentle, and. Frankly, inordinately loving, I think, that it's really fun to see the polar opposite side of her, which is terrible. And and yet, you realize that she is fighting for her own cause. And there's, I mean, obviously no, nothing good in being a terrorist at all, but it really is interesting to see what the polar opposite is so that you can fully appreciate all of the all of the other things. It's just fun. Yeah, yeah, it's going to bring a, a kind of a new level of drama to some scenes, and yeah, I'm excited yeah, about it. Sure. You know what I'm saying, right? Yes, absolutely. Now, let's talk about some of your other projects. Thank uh, you. You have been uh, in several movies, uh, including ones by James Kerwin, uh, and I see that you are coming out with an album. Is this an album? Jazz? jazz I have several albums, actually, that I've been doing uh, in the last few years. This is the latest, which yeah. is called Jazz Cocktail, yeah. and it's really fun. It's music of the 40s and 50s and oh, early 60s wonderful. and um, a gentleman who is 90 years old named Dave Pell was the producer for Sinatra and Count Basie wow. as well as just some amazing people he produced Tina Turner and a lot of fantastic acts he ran Motown A&R for a while and he was president of the Grammys twice he played saxophone for the Rat Pack he's he's a producer on some of my tracks and he's going to be doing a new CD with me in the next few months so so yeah I'm proud of it and uh, thank you you can get it through my website if you'd like chasemasterson.com or chaseclub.com now there is actually the anti-bullying campaign that I want to talk to to you about first give us a little bit of an overview about it Thank you. I'm so excited to be doing this. Um, about two years ago, I created the Pop Culture Anti-Bullying Coalition, which is the first ever organization to make a stand against racism, misogyny, and all kinds of bullying and other forms of hate at a Comic-Con. And I, I did it because I realized that at conventions, you know, we celebrate these stories on screen, but there hasn't ever been an organization to make them happen off screen. And pop culture fans are the coolest. You know I love you guys so much. And I think you guys have the best understanding about how the, way, the ways the world should work of any fan base on Earth in history. These stories are about heroism, and so what we're trying to do is lead people in being heroes off screen as well right. as on in parallel to these stories. So I can just imagine what could happen if we got the fan bases from Star Trek, not to go to the dark side, but Star Wars, the Avengers, Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, all of these things that celebrate justice and making the world a better place. If we started to make those things happen in the real world, what an incredibly different planet it could be. Now, let me ask you, is this, um, is the initiative, um, 
when we last spoke it was at the, the New Jersey convention, uh, and you were talking to me about outreaches in high schools and, and elementary schools. What about online bullying? What about, oh, you know, what it's about... It's awful. It's, you, you would think the world had grown up a bit by now, right? I mean, you'd think that we would see the way that people hurt each other and put a stop to it. You know, you'd think that human beings would have more compassion and sense and uh, sanity. And yet, due to the anonymity of the internet, it happens endemically, and it's tragic. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. You guys know this. I don't think it's Trek fans. I I found you guys to have incredible hearts, and infinite diversity and infinite combinations is something that I've seen you guys live, and it's inspired me continually. Um, I may be wrong, but I, I don't think it happens within our fan base. But what we can do, I mean, maybe a little, sure. What we, what we can do as a community and as individuals is stop it when we see it. If you see somebody being bullied online or in person or you know of, as we all know too much of the racism and tragic things happening in our country and in the world, speak out do something, stand up for somebody that you see is being mistreated. And one step at a time, we can make it a better world. Maybe not in the hugest ways right away, but slowly but surely it will happen. And it will happen for one person at a time if you make it happen. So I'm just preaching to the choir here, but that's what we're here to do. And so we're, I partnered with Am I just rambling here? I just want to tell you fast. Okay, so I partnered with two heroism experts, people who go into schools and they teach heroism in the same way that you can teach math or English. And and they also make a stand against bullying. It's all part of the same thing. And that's what we're trying to raise money to do, is to go into schools and communities and take these messages. It's been uh, amazing how the Internet has changed bullying. Because, I mean, we hear these terrible stories of, yeah. you know, of, of teenagers abused, you know, on social yeah. media, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on forums, whatever the case may be. And so uh, my next question was going to be, how do you teach that culture? How, in what way do you go into the schools and what techniques do you use to try to not only teach a better culture about in-person bullying, right, mm-hmm. but just anything from physical violence, but also the internet culture as we continue to move into the digital age. You know, what what are you doing or what does the organization do to try to teach that? You mentioned that already, the, the, the hero A bit, experts. a bit, yeah. Part of it is, is taking people from a place where they're a bystander to being an ally. Right. Those are the technical terms that are used in this work. And, you know, when you see something happening in front of you and you don't stand up for the, for the victim then you're a bystander. Become an ally by stepping in and saying, hey, don't treat her that way. Don't treat him that way. Hey, you know, stop. And studies show that if you intervene, within 10 seconds, bullying stops a great percentage of the time. It doesn't always, and obviously online, there are all sorts of other things involved. But I have to believe that if we stand up for creating a culture of inclusivity, then sooner or later the bullies have to get tired and they just have to say this is not cool anymore this it never was cool but you know this is not acceptable i'm only going to get taken down every single time and we can make that happen 
it's good. It's great to hear that uh, it's it's a team. It's people going to the schools, talking to yeah. young adults, talking yeah. to uh, to children about it. Uh, again, it, why don't we go over some of the uh, again some of the websites, places that they can follow, places that they can contribute, thank you, uh, donate. Please let us know. Thank you so much. Well, our website is popcultureherocoalition.com. Pop Culture Hero Coalition. And our Twitter is at Superhero IRL. And our Facebook is still got the same name uh, that we started with. Uh, it was just Pop Culture Anti-Bullying Coalition. We need to get that changed. We started out as an anti-bullying coalition. We, we changed to be... To, to be called the Hero Coalition because we're embracing more than just bullying. We're really leading people in, in an understanding about doing doing good things, um, the habits of doing good things. So there. And uh, what else? Um, I'm at Chase Masterson on Twitter. I talk a lot about it. And I've got a Facebook page if you want to follow. We, we talk about it a lot. One thing, my partners, Carrie and Matt, are really well-renowned, world-famous, really, heroism experts. And so I'm not approaching this on my own. We're partnered with people that already do this work, and we're just trying to make it bigger through the pop culture fan base. And um, so Carrie Goldman, uh, she's the author of Bullied, What Every Parent, Teacher, and Kid Needs to Know About Ending the Cycle of Fear. That's out through HarperCollins. And then Matt Langdon is the founder of the Hero Construction Company. So I'm really proud to be working with these two. Well, Chase, thank you so much for letting me uh, join you here on your table for a few moments and, and talking about all of your projects. It's been a thank real, pleasure. real thank pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks once again to Chase Masterson for sitting down with us at the Star Trek Las Vegas convention. Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. This week saw the start of Season 11, A New Dawn, begin to hit the Tribble Test Server. Counterpoint is available for testing and the new 5-man player queue designed for level 60 players with normal, advanced and elite versions. Fight the Terran Empire as they invade our universe in an attempt to take Deep Space Nine. There is currently no cooldown for the event, with a reminder that art, audio and rewards are currently not in their final state. Check out the dev blog to get some background information from none other than Admiral Lita herself. The queue itself works like this. There are four stages, warp in beside the Defiant, and in stage one, keep DS9's health up and defeat the attacking mirror invaders. Stage two, close the portals. Spotted optionals of closing at least five portals and keeping DS9's health above 75%. Stage three, a bit spoiler heavy, but I'll leave them for you to be surprised or to go into Tribble to test out. But basically, take an assault team from one area and drop them off in another. Stage 4. Clear up the mobs, face the Mobius destroyers and the dreaded Temporal Dreadnought. We did spot a tweet this week from Jeremy Randall at Bortus Cryptic saying that the blog is slightly inaccurate as of time of writing. Normal Q is available at level 50 but scales you up to level 60 with advanced and elite requiring level 60. Have you actually got a chance to play this one yet? Oh, I jumped straight in. It's amazing. I normally do Infected um, Space as my sort of go-to event. This is going to take over my go-to event when I'm a little bit bored. So uh, it's fun then? Is what oh yeah, a heck of a lot of fun. Is it going to be a long one, do you think? Because it sounds like there's quite a few stages going on there. Stages, but shorter stages, at least in the current triple build. What happens when we advance it and we bring it on? I 
it might get a little bit longer. What do you think? 15, 20 minutes for the queue? Yeah, I'd put it to the average 15 to 20. Yeah. So, as we're nearing the start of a new season, and of course all the new toys that are sure to come with it, it seems like a good time to talk about power creep. Now, it's a general term that's used to describe the trend of players being able to do more and more damage, and it contributes to things like harder cues and bosses being created. So today, Jace, Mark, Winters, and I are going to have a kind of roundtable discussion on power creep and try to get to the bottom of it. So to start off, this is kind of a foundation question, which leads into a lot more that we'll talk about later. But do we think power creep is actually a thing? The reason I ask this is obviously there's evidence that the max DPS is going up because we're seeing records broken. And I think there's probably evidence for sort of, and I'm talking, when I talk power creep in this particular question, I mean like DPS. There's also evidence that sort of the average DPS is going up because we saw the discontinuation of the 5k DPS channel last year with just most people skipping straight to 10, those kind of things. Is power creep an inherent thing, an inherent mechanic to this game, because things are always getting better, or is it a function of us as a community just getting better at Star Trek Online? So I want to put that out to you guys. I have my own opinions. But Jace, why don't we start with you? I think that it is somewhat of both. It's hard to find a game, an evolving game, especially an online game, anything that has a a development cycle that is ongoing while you're playing, you know, as opposed to like a single player story based game or what have you, that doesn't have some form of power creep. In Star Trek Online, every season or or every major release is gonna have new items, new powers, new traits, and they have to be desirable in some way, which generally means compared to the existing ones, right? So they're going to have some advantages, at least in some situations, which is to say at least some builds are going to become better as a result. Maybe not all, maybe not all of the flavor of the month builds, but it brings either the top up even higher or it pulls the bottom up a little bit. Mark, what do you think? No, I mean, I think he's basically covered everything I would have said. It is a thing, you know, with everything coming out, like, new gear, new reps, everything. There is going to be that inherent need to be better, looking to be better, so it's kind of built in, I would say. Okay, and Winters, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that it is kind of a mixture of both, because obviously, same thing again, you always have new powers coming out, new traits, new reputations, and, you know, then players are always getting better themselves. Now, we did see what was it, season 8, I think, when they brought in the four space reputation trait slots and ground traits and then the active traits to stop or you know slow down the power creep because before Mm -hmm. that you know we could just keep on piling on all the reputation powers and traits that you were earning but you know they stopped it then by introducing um you know four slots per character so i think it's kind of a mixture of both because um you know as you go on you get more you know the new shiny or whatever people find Mm -hmm. out that it's you know really good for this particular build and they'll sacrifice an old trait or whatever for a new one i agree with you that there's probably an element of both things for me personally i think it's the community that's really driving it personally because we've got so many people out there now broadcasting on twitch and youtube the reddit forums the stow builds particularly you've got the skill planner that 
we're sharing a lot of knowledge very easily now. And I think particularly that, you know, just a bit of an improvement in a player can be a big increase in your damage output. And personally, I think it's more of a function as the community, but we can get onto that a little bit later. So the next question I have is, what do we think are the main causes of power creep? Because regardless of whether you think it's an actual an issue in the game or whether you think it's like I do more of a function of the community records are continually being broken and all you have to do is look on YouTube and you'll see record ISAs being posted you know on a regular basis so how are people doing that why don't we just pick maybe one thing that you think is probably the biggest driver and we'll start um, we'll start with Mark this time I would say going back to like the knowledge sharing you could have all the best gear in the world all the traits and everything, but it's how you use them and put the combinations together to get the most effective thing. It's like I know I'm running about with so many things that probably don't make sense, but with someone who is heavily into looking at all of the DPS and things and could probably reintegrate everything for me and make it a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I would say knowledge sharing. Okay. Um, Winters? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that we're probably going to see a lot more records broken in... Uh, the coming weeks and months because of the new fleet holding we you know the, the trade yeah. slots is what i'm getting at here there's going to be a new space mm-hmm. trade new starship trade slots and they will make mm-hmm. a big difference to bills so yeah. I, I think that's a, a big part of it that uh, you know will have an effect on power creep and jace what about you I think that winners hit the nail on the head. Something like adding the new trade slots, just like how we got the extra duty officer ground and space slots in the past from the fleet holding. When those things were limited specifically for power reasons, getting another one is a textbook case of power creep. It's not necessarily a bad thing. You want to have different avenues for advancement and breadth and depth Mm -hmm. of options in the game. But there's no question that it will make almost anybody more powerful just by slotting something into yeah. it. I agree. I, I think that especially traits are something that really drives that power increase, especially where you're talking about Starship Mastery traits, because not only do you have to put out to get the ship, but then you also have to have something that is worth your time to actually play that ship and get up to that Mastery trait. So I think traits are a big part of it. And of course, as you said, with the Krenim holding but yeah I I still think that the way we share knowledge is is a big part of of how we are as a community are increasing our well our power or our DPS I know that I got to a plateau for myself to a certain point and then I had to get the help of you know people from the podcast or uh, other places and and then that made a huge difference in where I was going so I'll stop talking about that now and we'll move on to the next one which is is there a limit to when the power creep will stop and the reason I ask this is because theoretically speaking if nothing else changes drastically we will eventually hit a limit because eventually everyone will get enough energy credits and dilithium to get everything all the ships all the mastery traits get everything upgraded to epic etc so i'll just i'll open it up to you guys what do you think if we don't change anything we keep going the way we are now will we reach a limit when it will stop creeping upwards well that's a big hypothetical because the thing that makes this possible is the fact that this is an ever-changing game every week changes are introduced Mm. in the patch even if new things aren't added in 
powers change, whether subtly or blatantly. New wrinkles or even bugs come in that cause things to interact in unforeseen ways. There definitely have been cases where the community has found power interactions on, on numerous occasions that were not intended and took quite some time to change. We've seen that with the Embassy Plasma consoles, multiple iterations. We've seen that with all of the issues with fire at will over the years. These are things that have been in the game for a long time, but what they do changes sometimes week to week, month to month. So do you think this is kind of a lost cause to even be debating? Because if we acknowledge that there is currently power creep in STO and that there isn't a limit to it, is it are we to be expected that if you were to leave the game today and come back in five years' time, everybody will be doing double the DPS what we're doing now? Quite possibly. I mean... We've kind of already hit that ceiling with uh, the last expansion, Delta Rising. We got, you know, mm. a level cap increase, and we got uh, tier yep. six ships. You know, we had hit that ceiling. There wasn't anything else. They had put the cap in with, you know, your four trait slots for space, reputation, and all that sort of stuff, and they increased mm. it. No doubt we'll see that again at some point in the future. That, you know, we'll probably see um, tier seven ships in a couple of years. Mark 14 will no longer be the highest weapons that you can get. You know, it'll go up to Mark 15 or 16 at some point. They've set up the crafting and R&D system in such a way that it's very easy for them to make that change, you know, where you just continue to upgrade your gear to Mark 15 or 16. Now, and those things are normal. I mean, those would be the case in yeah. any MMO. I know not all of us have, have played them extensively, but it's very rare that you don't have a catch-up period and that things aren't drastically different or even... A, if you want to say so, obsolete if you don't play for a long time mm -hmm. and then come back. I would actually say, uh, compared to some games, you can walk away from STO and come back and still be competent to play story missions or even normal mode STFs after quite a hiatus. The only big jump in necessary power levels we've had to do some content was Delta Rising, right. in my opinion. Leading on from that... Do we think that Star Trek Online is guilty of perpetuating the power creep, which is basically taking deliberate actions that will keep power creep going? It's kind of what I said before, you know, if nothing else changes, we could hit a limit. But obviously you said, Jace, that things always do change. So is, is STO guilty of doing that deliberately? Uh, Winters, why don't you give us your opinion on that? Well, it's kind of touching back on what I think Jay said. It, they kind of have to. An MMO has to evolve in order to, you know, because yeah. people just get bored, really. You know, like yeah. if people have all the max level gear and they've accomplished everything, then what's the point in sticking around? They have to make it bigger and better. You know, and you, you do see that every week. Every week there's changes in the patch notes. Yeah. I think they have to do it. The one caveat I would, I would say, and Phoenix Blue in the chat actually touched on this, that... Devising events where just pure DPS, which is kind of the main thing we're talking about here, mm -hmm. although it's not the only thing affected by power creep. Making events where DPS isn't central, which we've seen mm -hmm. start to happen gradually. There are definitely elites where you have to have other roles. You have to have somebody who can take hits from incredible, like in Hive Onslaught Elite. I think that events that require different kinds of builds or are best with multiple different mm -hmm. kinds of builds spreads that around some because the more viable different types of builds there are, 
the more you can sort of share the wealth when you come out with new traits and ships and gear and still have people want them. When the game becomes a little more DPS race, which I don't think it totally is, but that's been sort of the received wisdom for a long time now, so that's what a lot of people are doing. Then any new thing that comes out is going to be judged pretty harshly around whether or not it is better than the current best-in-slot items in the mainline builds. Now, I think they've actually been doing a few things to get away with the uh, to get away from that recently with boosting certain science powers and increasing their utility and efficacy and certain instances needing someone who can uh, tank or someone who can slip away from the crowd and and elude certain types of effects in order to whether it's close portals or activate liberated Borg ships, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So the flip side to that question, as I had said before, I think a lot of where power creep is coming from is from the community. And do you think the Stowe community is guilty of perpetuating power creep? And by that, I mean, you know, we've set up DPS leagues, we've set up collaborative sites like the Reddit Stowe builds or the uh, STO Academy skill planner, etc., where we ourselves are putting a self-imposed emphasis on particularly DPS in this case, or generally, you know, how much power you are achieving as a measure of your progress in the game. Do you think we're guilty of, of doing that to ourselves to an extent? How about Mark? Why don't we start with you? I think using DPS as a measure just for advancement isn't the best thing in the world, but coming from Star Trek Online being my first MMO and certainly going to others, it's certainly the more friendly, I want to say, because people are so willing to share the information that they have. So by that in itself, we are perpetuating it. But that's not necessarily a bad thing is what you're getting at. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. Calling the community guilty of it, first of all, I would say that power creep isn't something that we can really cause. Any game is going to have people who try to play in the most optimal Mm -hmm. manner. And because STO is pretty approachable, other people can learn a lot from that. More so than maybe some other games where the skill involved is much harder to impart to someone else. Obviously, there's still a huge difference between someone like me who can just brush up against about 50K and someone who blows past Mm -hmm. 100K, but we're using a similar build and can do enough DPS to go through almost any content in the game. Now, will I on my own be able to get those kind of results? No, I'm not as skilled Mm -hmm. a pilot. But you can make up more of that gap in STO with some basic techniques and an improved build and a little practice than, than you really can in some other games that take a lot more twitch reaction and, I don't know, a lot more digging into really convoluted mm-hmm. mechanics. Sort of the final question. Do we think, you know, the four of us, obviously, that Star Trek Online and Cryptic Studios in particular, do we think that they should actively inhibit the power creep that we're experiencing. So should they be taking deliberate actions to sort of stop the the rise of the, you know, the DPS records, etc., etc.? I don't want to go into how we could fix it because that could be a whole other show. We'll go down a road we won't ever come back from. But I just want to talk about sort of reasons why and reasons why not, whether we think that Cryptic should be actively trying to stop power creep or not. 
How about I tell you what? I'll I'll put my arguments for, and then we can discuss it because I've written down a few things that I think are good reasons why Cryptic should be actively trying to stop power creep. Number one was uh, players who've been away for a while find it hard to come back. Although I know JC have already been talking about how that's pretty natural in, 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 in any MMO. You know, you might have a, an issue where new players are feeling intimidated, but then also likewise, we have a lot of really great uh, members of the community who are trying to help. Some loyal players, so I think a lot of us would fall into that category where we're not new, but we're also not super old, but we feel compelled to constantly be grinding for things in order to keep up. And then the big one for me is really, where does it end? So, I mean, I know Stowe won't be around forever, but, you know, let's let's say the rosy future where we're 15 years down the line and Star Trek Online is still going. You know, we've raised a level cap. How many more times can we raise the level cap before it gets into ridiculousness? Or, you know, are we going to start seeing 500k DPS records, etc., etc.? So all of those things are reasons that I think possibly Cryptic should be trying to limit that power creep. What do you guys think? I would agree that it should be limited just because you don't want it to scale up at an exponential rate or the difference between your normal players, uh, average players, casual players, and your hardcore players will be so huge that you won't really be able to create content appropriate mm -hmm. for both and one or the other will be pushed away. We've seen a little bit of this since Delta Rising where some of the content that used to be kind of like pushover content for people who were in a decent group or reasonably well geared is like almost yeah. unpuggable now. But at the same time, elite versions of several of the queues still haven't come out, which sort of disgruntles right. power players. So the bigger the disparity becomes, the harder it is to please your base, both your high test players who tend to spend a lot of money and a lot of hours on the game and your casual players who are bread and butter of, of keeping things going and retention and, and getting new players into the game to mm. keep it vibrant. Yeah, it's a bit of the double-edged sword trying to keep things going and advancing and wanting the new and the shiny, but it's trying to keep things yeah. in balance so that new players and returning players aren't feeling totally left out. Yeah, I mean, that kind of leads into, you know, some of the things that I had jotted down about why, you know, Cryptic should stay out of it and just let power creep happen as it goes. And I'll just run through them and we can talk about them as well. Part of Star Trek for me is this program of continuous improvement, as we like to say in management. And if you watch, you know, the, the, the TV series, as we progress through the timeline, technology gets better. We're able to do more stuff. And I would expect a Star Trek Online game to have the same growth to be if I came back five five years from now I'd expect bigger better ships that were more awesome and more pew pew for my buck and I think also if you try too hard to actively limit the power creep then you'll be working against some of the groups that use DPS, for instance, to measure their progress in game. So if you were to, to constantly be rebalancing things, your DPS would never go up and you, you wouldn't have anything to work towards or be able to measure against. Those are some of the things that I think are, are why you would not 
want to inhibit power creep. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would agree with that. It's definitely a, a yardstick that can be a fun thing to tinker with even on a semi-casual basis. I mean, I, I'm a pretty high DPS player, but I'm, I don't consider myself hardcore. I, I learn mostly from other people who have gone before, stand on the shoulders mm-hmm. of giants kind of, kind of situation. But that helps me to pick what my next goal is. What's the next item I'm going to try to get? What's the next ship I'm going to want to try out? Well, it's what you said before about um, in order to keep it interesting, you have to have the next goal, the next thing to do. And if everything always sort of stays stagnant, how does that work? I would say, like, when it comes to DPS leagues, I am one of the first people in I am a very semi-casual, semi-serious player, somewhere in between. I've never really sat down and measured my DPS. So, mm-hmm. something like that for me, for goals, is kind of out with how I play the game. I mean, it doesn't necessarily just apply to DPS. It could also be... I mean, the same would apply to a different MMO that used... Like, like a race system, for instance, where you were trying to achieve X amount of time and, you know, you keep putting out different things that help you do it a bit quicker, etc., etc. It's whatever that whatever that measure is to measure your progress. If 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 the, the developers are actively trying to level that playing field so it doesn't creep getting better and better and better, then a lot of players would lose that ability to be able to measure their own progress and potentially be stagnant. Right, and nobody enjoys nerfs either. So that means that balance also often has to be sort of raising up the thing that's not as good to also be good, or else you're nerfing something that people have worked for and that that is frustrating to them even when it is right and necessary and the stats were wrong or there was a bug or an exploit. Well, we've seen that recently, haven't we, with, with the plasma explosions. Okay, so conclusions, guys. We'll just go around and I want you to tell me, do you think power creep is a problem? And if you do, then what's maybe one or two improvement that you would like to see in in that system going forward? So Jace, let's start with you. I would say power creep is just a part of gameplay. I mean, it it has a pejorative Mm -hmm. connotation. People think of it as something negative. The game's going to change. The game's going to evolve. People are going to find new ways to use existing things, and new things are going to come out that synergize with previously released yeah. stuff. Um, I don't really worry about that. I think that the best course of action is to continue to work towards as many different viable ways to play as possible so that you can sort of have a diffusion of all these new things that come out, lifting up some different play style or, or build or type of ship or type okay. of captain and, and really spread the love around. The more viable people think it is to be something other than a tactical captain in one of like a half a dozen ships that are the flavor of the month, the better. Okay, thanks for that. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, much the same. Power creep isn't so much of a problem as a feature or... A part of a mechanic. <laughs> a quote-unquote feature. Yeah, quote-unquote no. feature. <laughs> you know, the day we stop advancing and stop wanting to advance is the day we stop playing. So we always want something there and, like Jace is saying, the different ways to play. And Winters, what about you? Yeah, I think it's um, power creep is just a natural thing in an MMO. Like I said earlier, referencing the traits, we've already seen Cryptic have you know, made steps to limit power creep by saying, all right, you can only have four traits. Mm-hmm. And now they've introduced the new fleet holding, saying now you can buy a fifth. 
I don't think it's a, a huge problem. Um, I think that Cryptic have already taken steps to try and limit power creep in that regard. You know, like yeah. saying you can only have X yeah. amount of traits because they do make a big difference to a build. We heard Al say at Vegas that it's they have no plans for tier seven or level cap increase for the near mm. future. So yeah, that'll be the next time we'll see a big power creep. Yeah, and I more I pretty much agree with you guys. I I don't think it's that big of a problem. I there's an element of power creep that can be affected where you know if they're constantly putting out more powerful weapons or more powerful traits. I think that's a bit of a problem, but we haven't seen too much of that. And as for general DPS levels or skill levels rising, I think that's actually a good thing and it encourages cooperation within the community. So yeah, I don't think it's that much of a problem. So that brings us to this week's community question. Do you have anything to add to our power creep discussion? And do you think it's a problem? And what changes, if any, would you like to see in Stowe with regards to this issue? This week in release notes, we have quite a lengthy list. Multiple fixes to issues that were resulting in crashes. I haven't had that problem, but there were four lines dedicated to different kind of FX and other fixes to stop crashes. Yvonne Craig, the Orion Marta from Whom Gods Destroy in the original series, and Batgirl from the Adam West Batman era has been added to the memorial plaque. My ears thank Cryptic for a fix to Radiant Subatomic Field that was making it too loud. It actually was quite a while before I realized that was what that noise was that was blasting me periodically. Very popular ability. Butterfly has been moved as usual for featured episodes into the journal under the Iconian War tab and made level 60 only. A new unique shield can now be crafted, the Hyper Capacitor Shield Array with even higher capacity and lower regen than a normal covariant shield plus a toggled capacitance bleed mode, which gives a bonus to energy weapon damage, but drains a bit of your own shield strength every time you fire. This recipe is available at level 15 shield research and development and also requires a shield specialist duty officer. There were multiple fixes to weapon mods in the upgrade system. Some of them were gaining the wrong mods as you leveled them up. Others were gaining no mods at all. There were numerous power changes and fixes, as well as several changes to your favorite Space Barbie mode. This is a week where I highly encourage captains to check out the release notes to ensure you aren't caught off guard by a change that will impact your build. The link, as always, will be in the show notes. Again this week, in an effort to bring some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the forums, DevTracker, and the Twitterverse. Maria Rosso at Zeronius Rex tweeted, Ship concept review meeting. Our concept artist is one of my favorite people. She also replied to at Stow Reddit, Well, it's a thumbnail review, but I agree. They were tweeting at Salami Inferno. Can't wait to get that ship into player hands. And Salami Inferno himself tweeted, I made an A-team reference today and we play tested some season 11 content. Good times. And Bordicus Cryptic, Jeremy Randall, tweeted, Kudos to the at STO DevTracker admins for getting it running so quickly after the forum migration. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. The Galactic News Network promotion is now in full swing, where all players can work together towards global rewards by spreading the word about Star Trek Online on social media. With enough shares, we can earn up to 100% bonus XP, bonus marks, and or bonus dilithium. 
As of recording this show, the 100% bonus Dilithium and the 100% bonus Marks had already been unlocked. So to help get the bonus XP, get onto YouTube and share the New Dawn trailer today. The event runs through the 10th of September, after which a bonus weekend is unlocked for us all to reap the rewards. This coming weekend, the 10th through the 14th of September, is also a research and development weekend. And following on in just a couple of weeks is a bonus XP weekend from the 24th. And if you're really planning ahead, it looks like there's a Dilithium weekend planned for the end of October. Of course, all these events are subject to change without notice, so be sure to keep an eye on the in-game calendar or keep tuning in to Priority One Podcast for the latest news. That wraps up Star Trek Online news this week. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Admirals, we're at the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, what sort of PvP would you be looking for in Star Trek Online? Whether you already PvP, have given it up, or have yet to try it. Jonathan Towery writes on PriorityOnePodcast.com, I don't play PvP in the queues currently, but I would like to see some more of it in the summer and winter events. I like the hoverboard races on Risa. Maybe some sort of DDR-type dance-off would be cool. I wonder if the devs could pull off some sort of new PvP contest. 3D chess would be cool. What about shuttle racing? I know this sounds strange, but maybe Q can host some sort of kart racing. That might be neat. Oh, man, watch out for the blue shell. (laughs) Friendships will be broken. Hayden Jones also posted in PriorityOnePodcast.com, I've only PvP'd once, and that was a ground fight. I actually quite enjoyed the first half of the battle, but it was taking too long to wrap up, and I eventually just quit. I'd be more likely to try some space PvP if they had a beginner mode. In my mind, beginner mode would be 1, 2 players, and 2, ships would have to be chosen from a preset list. The ships would be tier 2 starships and would have all of their abilities fixed. It's an interesting suggestion. Lord Ice commented via Twitter, PvP will never be relevant in hashtag STO. They'd need to make non-DPS roles viable and rein in DPS, and that will never happen. McWilliam1975 writes via the STO forums, I would get involved into PvP if there was a purpose to it. I would like to see a reward system to it with special gear as rewards. In other games, PvP gear is often the highest level gear in that said game. Setting up PvP queues for level ranges, example level 10 to 19, level 20 to 29, etc., with options for normal, advanced, and elite. Perhaps this could control some of the player versus player balance. Uh, I've seen systems like that in other games, and it's not a bad idea. Sometimes sometimes the lower level PvP brackets are much more dynamic and interesting just because you're operated, operating creatively with a limited set of tools. Praxy5 writes also via the STO forums, Thank you for bringing up PvP. We are not brought up often enough, and it's nice to get some much-deserved attention. He states that Estio had the PvP he wanted around the beginning of the game. Five-man teams when tactics and skills were involved and there was balance. There was a distinct difference between ship types, giving a wide variety, and there was purpose. New apps would go a long way, and new modes could include Escort the NPC, Capture the Flag, King of the Hill, and many more. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at STO Priority One 
or shoot an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 238 of Priority One Podcast. We'd like to send a special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Isaiah Dorsch, Navy Boat Slough, Stephen Humphrey, Lee Malian, and Matt Miracle. Before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community question. Do you have anything to add to our power creep discussion? Do you think it's a problem? And what changes, if any, would you like to see in Star Trek Online with regards to this issue? Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comment section on our site, on our Facebook page, or with a Twitter reply. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priority1podcast.com and stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash priority1podcast and give us a like or check us out on Twitter via at priority one You can even join the Priority One Podcast chat in-game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space priority one. Admirals, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. Thanks to our patrons, we've already hit our monthly running costs. And thanks to Geek Nation Tours, we were able to bring you on-site coverage of the 2015 Star Trek Las Vegas convention from our own table at the convention hall. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com, covering the ongoing development of Chris Roberts' upcoming space sim, Star Citizen. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. The Priority One fleet is recruiting, and there's never been a better time to join. If you're interested, just shoot us an email with your at handle, and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. And now you can become part of our Klingon fleet division, Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast for their ongoing, dedicated, and consistent contributions over the years, including our executive producers, Elliot and Elijah, our audio engineer, Michael McDonald, with audio assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, and Asmaria Day Post. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. And if you enjoy our comics, the creator of our comic series, Jonathan Towery, can be commissioned at Towery Designs, that's T-O-W-R-Y designs, deviantart.com. Thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor, L, To our founder reviewer, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media for supporting this show. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the STO community and our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage.
as we're nearing the start of a new se- that what I was like talking through my nose. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's get ready to start that new season. <laughs> That's really weird. I just had like I don't know a blockage or something. All right. Um, I'm sorry. Beep beep. <laughs> God. Okay. This is going well already. Eighteen forty-five. Blooper. Can a block nose? <laughs> okay. Made my nose. <sighs> Thanks, no Winters. Problem. That's, that's nice. 